Thus, we are now live. So hopefully there'll be a few people joining us. Um, so obviously I am the Zenith and this is a podcast of the Spirit Channel. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I'm here with um, Harry Derbitsky um, and Joe Fletcher. Harry is the president of ACT, which is Advanced Coaches Training. Um, he works with Joe Fletcher, who is the communications manager. Is that correct, Joe? Of yeah, mental right, yeah. Reasons. Um, Harry uh, is a mental health practitioner and he helps people with mental health conditions via spiritual psychology or, or spiritual realizations. Um, he certainly helped Joe on his journey. Um, Joe has uh, Joe, Joe was a sufferer of um, ME, isn't that correct, Joe? Um, he had um, anxiety and phobia, phobias and became later isolated and that led the OCD. Um, with Harry's tutelage or Harry's coaching, um, you've completely turned your life around. Yes, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess like just anybody who's listening, they're probably going to wonder, you know, who you actually are, what it is that makes you so special. Harry, I know you're an author as well, by the way. You've uh, you've wrote some books. Um, Joe sent me your, your latest book, which I haven't had the opportunity to read, but I, I definitely will be reading it. Um, you're also the author of Attila's Sacred Journey. Um, you've wrote Native Spirituality in Prisons and Evolution of Recovery Addiction. Isn't that correct? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> the book, the two books on addiction, uh, Evolution of Addiction Recovery, book one, and Evolution of Addiction Recovery Reopen, book two. And so book one is more specifically with people dealing dealing with mental, uh, with with addiction issues. And the second one is more uh, addiction is a metaphor for human suffering. So I, although I, I talk about it, I talk about it more that all human suffering is created from a lack of understanding about how we function. And that's where the world is lost. Uh, what's your first name? Um, I go by the Zenith, so you can just call me Zenith, but that's fine. Okay. I prefer that. I prefer that. <laughs> People always say to me, "What is your real name?" But I guess that this kind of is my my name. My real name, or the name that I was born with, the name I was assigned at birth, is just just one of many names that I've probably went by in, in my journey as a as a spiritual being. So I'm more comfortable with this. Yeah. So 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 uh, so the second book is a spirit, a book about a spiritual psychological answer that all problems all human suffering is caused from the same cause basically a misunderstanding of how thought works and within that context of how thought works at that point it sounds like a psychology but you have to connect it to the spiritual or to this beautiful feeling inside yourself and when you when you connect yourself inside yourself with an understanding of the role of thought you see it's easy to have a good feeling no matter how hellish your life is but is it easy to have to, to stay above water when you're when you're low when a lower mood comes in and and that's what happens with addiction they're go oh, i'm never going to do it again and then 10 minutes later they're doing it and the same thing with mental health issues type of thing so when Joe came to, to me, 
he had already had a, a deeper understanding of these three principles. And he had, and my teacher, Sidney Banks, was the one who uncovered them. And he, so he had an understanding, but he didn't have an understanding of his own beauty. And when, when, when he, and he had a misunderstanding about an experience he had. So when, when, when he saw his own beauty, he started to doctor himself on a deeper and deeper level. You see, I have not done anything to help Joe. Joe has done all the healing for Joe. I don't know how Joe thinks, but I know how the role of thought works. And if you're going to think negative about yourself, this is everybody knows this, they create a bad attitude towards themselves. Now, if a doctor tells you something that is a lie and you believe it about mental health issues, voila, you're going to be like that. If you're addicted and you believe that, uh, that addiction or alcoholism is a disease, voila, it's a lie, but you believe it and it becomes your reality. So we're talking about truth. Truth will set you free. And the three principles of universal mind, universal thought, and universal consciousness change, change this, this, what we're talking about from a philosophy with science and it, how it affects all aspects of the human condition. All aspects of the human condition. You see, the only trouble you have and everybody has is they don't understand the tools God gave us. We are fools and we pretend we know the answer. We're really good at pretending we know the answer. And my personal opinion is much more important than God's opinion. I must want you to know that. I know more than God knows because I have an opinion. Well, we know that takes you down the wrong path, you know, type of thing. So that, so Joe simply experienced his own beauty. And when he experienced his own beauty, his thoughts started to quiet down and he, he just headed in the right direction. And then he's been at, assisted by us doing these talks because he's changed, he's developed, he's explored, he's done it without fear. And yeah, I have supported him, but the truth of the matter is Joe's his own wide vessel. And I've learned a lot from him. And yeah. he's a lot of bad jokes. <laughs> you, you mentioned something very important there, Ari, is that probably the, the important part of this is the fact that you are allowing people to heal themselves. I think that's the biggest and most fundamental thing with addiction is that you're providing a method for people to heal themselves. Um, I work as a spiritual healer um, we always stress upon the people that do come to us and i do it as a a, a, a charity and um, we always stress upon the people that it's themselves who are ultimately healing themselves you know we're just kind of the the, the person there who's there to assist them you know who is is there to to allow kind of the spiritual energies to come through but really once you begin to tell people that you're you're healing yourself you know, and obviously by talking to them, and I'm always very um, conscious of, of, of telling people, you know, that the power lies with them. It's not with me. 
you know, don't think that I'm anything special or I'm this here. The power lies with you. You have to give permission to heal yourself. You have to allow. And I think a lot of people don't realize that and don't understand that. They're looking for a kind of savior or somebody to come in and fix all the problems. Well, they have all the power themselves. As you mentioned, God give us all these tools ourselves. It's we as human beings who have completely forgotten that. You know, and we're always looking to outside sources. We already have all the tools that we need. It's just a way of changing our thinking, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Joe, you, you go in now and what do you answer what he just said? Yeah, because we always think we have to give our power away to other authorities. And that's when we um, metaphorically give away our soul, don't we, really? Yeah. And give away our power. When really, we just have to look back inside and see that. We just believe the stories in our head to be true. Or we believe the stories that we were fed by others as well. And actually, that is just passing energy and what I realize as well a bit more is that even thought is an energy and that you have the outside is a dance of energy taking different forms that you also have that in the inside and our thinking is just another dance of that energy another manifestation and so like you can look at the outside and appreciate it and not get caught in it it's the same within as well we don't have to get caught and entangled in it we can just see it as a passing moment experience Absolutely. I just just wasn't. I I used to actually have a problem looking at myself in the mirror. Believe it or not, I never used to like the person that I seen. I never used to look at myself until one day I just got the the realization. You know that you are beautiful inside and out. So I think it's very important, as you say there, Joe. It's an inside and outside process, and I don't know about anyone else, but. As I said, I'm able to look at the mirror and look at myself now with, with pride and, you know, uh, realize I hold such beauty, not only skin deep, but, you know, looking, looking, I guess they say that the, the eyes are windows to the soul. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe I couldn't look into my soul, you know, but um, I think it's, it's an important process. Sorry, go ahead, Harry. Let's look at that. At a, at a certain level of consciousness, a lower level of consciousness, it makes sense the outside influencing how you are because you feel insecure and fearful mm -hmm. but when you saw how beautiful you are what actually happened was your level of consciousness became more correct or more true or more real and you lift and from that perspective the way you were thinking before didn't make sense anymore because the, you had seen you are beautiful if people would look at their own beauty rather than keep talking about all the problems that they have and they want to fix themselves, which is psychology at its present level, which is totally lost. And people believe in it because they're afraid to trust themselves. You reach the stage, you were lucky, and yet you opened up to the truth. You are beautiful. Joe is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And when both of you look at that, you experience the same thing that I experienced. I didn't have to look at all my problems all the time. I didn't have to talk about them nonstop. I could just live an ordinary life and let the gifts that God meant for us to have allow us the privilege of sharing that 
And once we start to share our beauty, other people are touched by their own beauty. You see, they have a will, you have a will. You share your will of love, it automatically touches and gets back. You feel great, better than you've ever felt before because you shared love. They feel great if they accept it or open up to the truth that they are as beautiful as I am. Not more beautiful, not less beautiful, as beautiful as I am. And at that point, you start to connect to the oneness, which is what, what once that happens, the whole minute reality that we're living in expands. You saw your beauty, you saw your oneness, your connection to God, and you like it. Surprise, surprise. You like feeling beautiful. I was just going to say as well is that, I mean, for me, the outside world is a reflection of that inner world. And so even like the mess that the world's in at the moment is because the people inside are in a mess in their own inner conflicts because they don't realize who they are. And so we change that inner world and then the reflection outside changes. I mean, if you see a mirror, you can't make the mirror smile, can you, by trying to manipulate the glass? You have to change the one who's reflecting. Absolutely. That's a fantastic point. It's a very salient point. Um, it's a very important point. Um, I was listening to something there recently, and the person um, deals with conflict, and the question is asked often, um, is there more conflict on the outside world, or is there more conflict on the internal world? And for me, I thought about that, and I thought, well, I think there's more conflict in the internal world within ourselves, and that, as you say, is a reflection, or the outside world is a reflection of the inner turmoil that we see. So if Everyone, as you say, Joe, began to realize how beautiful they are, how lovely everyone is. If everyone began to spread the word love, I think, as both of you turned around and said, the outside conflicts that we see in the world would quite rapidly disappear. Absolutely. It's obvious that people's thinking is cause, causing the wars. See, man has evolved technologically amazingly his, his ability to destroy himself is also astronomically grown because it comes with responsibility and the responsibility is if you're thinking it's crap the reality around you you're not helping your kids if you're you're thinking crap you're not helping your wife you're not helping any you might get rich but you're still crap and when you when you you can feel it so you have a outside smile on your face and pretend everything is perfect and you're taught to teach you're taught to be positive we're not talking about being positive we're talking about a positive feeling that you have inside yourself that will heal the universe because you're connected to everything so every positive feeling you put out zenith you're helping the world, not only yourself, but you're helping the world. And every and and what's happened is there's an agreement in the world that fear is more important than love. That punitive result, uh, reaction is more effective than 
that first call, I am God, learning to be God type of thing. I have love in myself and I can't have too much love. Yet the world is saying, no, be afraid of that. If you didn't, weren't afraid of love, you wouldn't have mental health issues. You wouldn't have addiction issues. If you weren't afraid of love, you'd, have, you'd, you'd be living the life that God intended you to live. And you'd be accepting it. Your problem is you're not accepting what God is giving you or the spirit is giving you, if you don't like that word, God. We call in the three principles, God, we call it universal mind. The Muslims call it infinite intelligence. There's no difference. It's just that mind is a psychological word and God is a religious word. Mm-hmm. And Joe used the word, I think, higher, what did some word Joe used, higher power or source, or I can't remember it, but they're all the same thing. And here's the missing point. It's inside you. If you can't bring yourself along to be with God, God is everything but me. If that's your philosophy of life, that ain't going to cut it because that's not true. God is everything and you. But that's the problem. People can't bring themselves along to accept the fact that actually all they have to do is access their own wisdom which is all waiting for them, except for their ego. Ooh, I think I am so important. And they'll fight the death for that bullshit. Absolutely. Harry, you've, you've, you've given me about 20 questions that I want to be asked there, and 20 talking points. Um, <laughs> about, honestly, because I wanted to stop you at every time and say, well, tell me what's your thoughts on this and what's your thoughts on this here. And I, I, I won't get into different things after, but I think it's up at the minute it's important to to get a bit of a background on you both. You know, how, how did you come into this? Harry, you know, where or how did you get involved in this here? What's your history? What's your background? I want people to understand what I'm talking about is for the average Joe. I have never taken a psychology course. I'm the lead coach for mental health transformation. I've never been addicted or have mental health issues. I have a huge program in addiction that that uh, in webinars and over uh, um, over a hundred thousand views type of thing. Uh, I, a year and a half of downloads. Uh, we have thirty five thousand downloads uh on our podcast scenario i i also am co-host of tahid spiritual unity of the three principles for the muslim community yeah yeah Answer, see see what happened was i be, was a student of a man an ordinary man like you and i who became enlightened no background and he was he he uncovered the three principles i lived on the island with him and was a student of his and then at a certain point the penny dropped and his main message was about the three principles will lead you to your understanding he did see i worshiped him and i was stuck 
when I stopped wishing in and, and accepted the beauty inside myself, the wisdom inside myself, I then could teach it because it's coming from me, not from book knowledge, not from, not from an enlightened being who I could repeat his words type of stuff. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in telling you who I am and what I'm experiencing and recognizing that the truer I express that, the more I'll grow, the more I'll understand who I am. See, my journey is simple. When I teach Joe about what I've taught him, I never taught him anything. All I did was connect to an inside feeling and at a certain point, it seemed to make sense to him. But the reality was he already knew the answer. He already knew it. Right, Joe? Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's just chipping so, away, isn't it? We bury it, the, the light that's inside us. And sometimes we have to have someone point the way back for us, but we can only go ourselves. How did, how did these two meet? Well, you, this is Joe's story, so go yeah. ahead. Yeah, so like you said, I had the the suffering and that. And then at the beginning of the lockdown, I decided to start reading again because I knew I'd have a lot of spare time. And so I read a Three Principles book that talks about thought. And that was where I discovered um, Sidney Banks. And so I watched a lot of his. And then I had a, um experience of getting anxious and then hearing a voice come through me. And then it was just like I was experiencing, I can describe it as pure love and um, I'd say for a few seconds, but you didn't really experience time at that time. But then my um, ego mind fought back for a little while. And so I got caught in the entanglement of that. And so I was starting to get a thing that perhaps something, it wasn't a beautiful experience that I'd actually had a negative experience. But it also felt quite indigenous. And so I saw a um, come up on Facebook, a webinar, the three principles from an indigenous perspective. So I wanted to go on there to ask a question. And that was when um, Harry was hosting it. And so I asked this question, I was saying to him about, oh, I thought it was always diagnosis. And he said, like, don't ever use them words that he in the indigenous community, they would think it's bad spirits when actually it's spiritual gifts. And so that was a massive shift for me that actually that was part of the journey. And that was beautiful in itself that I needed to shed that skin of the old concepts and beliefs. And that actually, yeah, it was something to appreciate and love. And that was when he invited me to the group. And then I saw that the... Um, other wise people who've been through experiences as well actually they all had the wisdom as well that actually what the doctors tell you isn't true that's just their egoic misconception that they've just followed because they're followed as well as on they really have just followed the book stuff and then they just project that onto you so so he he joined the group and the group and myself we all the feeling see the group doesn't really have a leader it has a feeling and that feeling comes from all of us so it's not me teaching people that's I, I don't do that what I try to do is is is, is have universal mind of, of that spiritual feeling the same way when you do your spiritual work when there's that spiritual feeling and in the indigenous world we the image that fool scroll uses hollow bones your hollow bones the more hollow 
the, the clearer it flows through. And I know you understand that. That's your world. And and so so together we pulsated and taught each other. Because every time we experience a higher level of wisdom, we we leave the room touching our divinity, touching who we are. So what happened was Joe started off very jittery and full of bouncy energy and a lot of questions and a lot of energy. And, and then he started to calm down. He started to see that some of his behavioral patterns were negatively affecting him. And he started to understand his own wisdom. And it started with his misconception. He was feeding misinformation into himself that this experience of going inside was negative or bad spirit. And when he saw that it was positive and good spirit, guess how he felt? It just relieved him and opened the gates. And so Joe started off in many ways with a bad image and the three principles and stuff. But once you open up to God or to the energy of, of the universe, the love, it's love and understanding, then you, you, you can't help but be, be caught by the uh, pleasure of what it gives you. It just feels right. And it feels right because it is right. And and then these beautiful feelings just blossom in Joe. Now Joe, when Joe talks about his chronic fatigue and the other people talk about extreme opiate crisis uh, problems that are totally gone. And, and of course, we've got... Uh, you know, the schizophrenic, bipolar, gone type of thing. It doesn't mean they're living a perfect life. Don't get, I'm not living a perfect life. I am living a great life, but not a perfect life. And and so what happened is Joe and I started, he's the communication manager now for the group, this closed group of people. And as he shared, Guess what happened when he started to share? He grew. You see, if you share positive feelings, Zenit, guess what happens? When you do your healings, what happens when you share positive feelings? I have a friend who's a psychic in uh, Winnipeg, and he helps people. And he has a positive feeling message, but he is inspired by how he helps people. It doesn't matter what gifts god gives you you've got to use them and if you're caught up in your problems i guarantee you're not using your gifts absolutely it's it's it, it really is it's it's more for me it's it's about talking to people as well it doesn't even have to be through healing but just touching people's lives i've met so many people who were never aware of this sort of stuff and i think people are put into your path um in order to help them uh, and it's just talking to them. It's talking to them, it's making them aware of a different reality of changing their thoughts so that they're not, it's a way of changing your thinking of, of, of well, they've never thought like this before. And if, once you begin to talk to them, then you're absolutely right. You see this shift within them. Um, right. 
lights just went off. Um, you see the shift them within them and it begins a transformation. So it does give me one second. <laughs> and, and the light goes off. Uh, <laughs> in this room doing that. Yeah, it's it starts a transformation within and what it does to me. It's not just the talk, it's the feeling and the wisdom of the talk. You see, a lot of people yap and talk about problems. It's another thing to, to take the energy to a higher level of consciousness. That's totally different. I was in Mexico recently, Zenith, and this guy, this homeless guy uh, on the beach was with his last pennies were, was drinking beer. And I don't know why he said it, and he yelled, can I ask you a question, uh, senor? And, and I said, sure. And, and, we, and so he was half drunk, he was homeless, and he was desolate with this huge psychological problem that he thought was a big problem. And I'm sitting there at the beach in my swimming suit, and we start talking, like you mentioned, and all I'm doing is taking his mind off his problems and into a, a positive feeling. And at a certain point, he just starts to look young and stuff. And he says, let's go swimming. And we go swimming and we have this whole experience. Now, all I did was allow him to allow, to have his level of consciousness rise. If you keep your level of consciousness low, Bullshit is guaranteed. He's an expert in the low level of consciousness. He's been in it for three days or something like that. And then he just lifted. See, there's no magic in it. It's simple. It's a science. Once the level of consciousness goes up, he feels good. Once he feels good, guess who's doctoring himself? That good feeling. And that's the way life works. You put out a good feeling, you attract a good feeling. Now, he had the wisdom to ask me on the beach, never the only white guy in this whole beach thing, and, and asked me that question. But I know something better. It was divine. God put asked him to do And he came, and I went, ah, shit. I, I'm, I'm on holiday. I don't want to get into this stuff. But I knew God had brought him to me. So I did. And we had a fabulous time. Fabulous. It was a highlight of my trip. And that's what sharing is. Sharing is a highlight of your life. Helping Joe is a joke because I'm not helping him. But it's a highlight. Every time Joe shares a nice feeling with me, guess how my heart feels? And Joe, how does your heart feel when I share a nice feeling with you? Or a bad joke, as you like to say. <laughs> it feels full, I think is the word that came to me. Full of love and full of divinity. Yeah. Right. We know that we're going to listen to us. We know that. It's not the standard care that that everybody's preaching and they're all full of bullshit and you love it and eat it all. You know, if you eat the bullshit, don't blame the bullshit. You're the one eating it. But 
if one or two people hear what we're saying, we know the same thing is going to happen to them that happened to us. They're going to heal themselves because they're going to they're going to go inside. You're not going to find any answers out there, people. The world is going to get worse, not better. You have to go inside. Inside, as as Zena said, is pure beauty, constant beauty, constant love, constant pure thought. Outside, nothing but nonsense with the beauty all mixed up in it. Huh? When you bring those two worlds together, you've got something. Until then, you're lost. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, I was going to ask you, um, you know, this concept of love, why do we find it so difficult to say the word love? We, I've mentioned this a few times, you know, whenever I was going through my own trauma, um, I had that connection with, um, with spirit, if you want to call it. And they turned around and told me, you know, like, you love everybody. And I never thought about that before. That's right. I do. I love everybody. And it's just kind of grown from there. But my question is, is that we seem to think that the word love should only be used between a husband and a wife or two partners, whatever the case may be, or for a family member, for a dog. You know, if you simply say to some person that you know, a stranger even, call, I love you. You know, they, they, ooh, people take offense at that word, don't they? You know, they think that uh, you're trying to, 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 I don't know, what's the word, um, hook on them or uh, get, get with them or something like that. Why can we not just simply express love? Really, at the end of the day, a concept of love is just saying there's something about you that makes me happy. There's something about you that makes me smile. So whenever I say I love you, this is what I mean. But we can't express that. It gets stuck in our craw. We don't tell people enough. Why do you think that is? Go ahead, Joe, you first. I think because people think of personal love first, don't they? And they get that mixed up when you talk about divine love. And people just love to put intellectual concepts onto things and meanings as well. I mean, it's that, isn't it? Oh, what does he mean by that? And I mean, I've had that, like, someone to say something to me, and I start thinking, well, like the other day I told someone something, and they said, that's interesting. And then my mind started, like, are they being sarcastic? And so you add all them extra stories and extra meanings. I think people do that. But when you drop that and go back inside or back to the stillness and that, that it's a natural love, isn't it? We all have that natural love, which isn't the conceptual love. Yeah, and 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 one one level, the fault lies with using this. Um, you're in a teaching role or in a sharing role, and it's up to you to find the right words that the client or the student or the participant can accept. So. Uh, as a more as a seasoned professional in, in this thing so with some people the word god is acceptable obviously so when i'm in in the muslim group talking about god or allah is totally different than if i'm in the addiction field and so so the and and so the word universal love or impersonal love or 
is is the answer. Love is just another word for oneness, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. But it's up to you to find the terminology of the client. So if I'm talking to a, a businessman, I'm not going to use the word love and spiritual. They they are not interested. They're interested in clarity and uh, 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 how do I quiet my mind down a little bit from all my stress and anxiety? Uh, so, so you use those. You talk about that kind of stuff. And and what what you are, if you're a true spiritual person, is you're a chameleon. You're able to adjust to you, like you don't want to just teach to people who who know who want to hear the word love. You just want to help anyone who comes into your sphere. And, and, and that, you, you start to use your compassion. If they're uptight about love, and you use the word love, you're, you're making a mistake. Because there are a lot of words for love. You know how many words there are in Spanish for love? You know how many? No. 19. So that shows you the different things. Within, within, and I agree with you. The word love is, is probably the most beautiful word in the universe, possibly, you know. And we, but it brings in connotations to certain people. And you say you're, well, let's look at it from a negative. Let's say you're a woman and you're, you're uh, very beautiful and very uh, spiritually. And you trust what people say, and the man says, "I love you," and he gets in her pants, and da 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 da, and she finds out actually he didn't love me; he loved having sex with me, you know, type of thing. So you then have a little aversion to, to that type of word. Or let's say you've been uh, with a priest who's uh, talking about love of God, and he raped, and he. He, he uh, ha- has sex with her, uh, with her innocence type of thing, which we know is pre- prevalent in, the, in that world. So, of course, she's been, he or she has been traumatized. So it, 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 you get a little bit defensive or aversions to certain, to certain words. Yeah, and the word, you know, I, I like the word spiritual. But you can't go around talking to businessmen about spiritual reality. What has that got to do with profit? You know, that type of thing and, uh, and so on. So it's up to us to find the words that, and that's why when you look at the principle of God, which is the God within us, we use words like mind, innate health. The innate health within you is that. We don't use the word soul. We use the word consciousness. Mm-hmm. Same thing, but we use a different word. And then we put heavy emphasis on thought because that's the missing link between the formless world and the world of form. So that's the one that the world can recognize. You can recognize. You know you're thinking. But are you thinking pure? or impure. Impure thinking, impure thought leads to impure feeling. Joe, talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, um, I mean, for me, I've realised more and more as well how they are linked and the feelings are there to guide how you're using thought. And so, yeah, the impure thought or negative thought, you'll get negative feelings and the negative feelings are there. That's that guide. And I mean, I learned that from listening to the um, free piece psychiatrist, Dr. Bill Pettit, helped me as well. We've seen about the body's alarm systems. And so, yeah, I know that actually the feeling will be that alarm that you call into. Talk a little bit more about this alarm system that you'd like to talk about. Yeah, I realized with me, like when I was getting into, um, like for example, I started getting into regret about the past and I was getting really, really, really anxious about it and that. And then I had that insight that actually the anxiety was there to tell me that I was feeding the fault. As soon as I realized to stop feeding the fault, and then I just had that realization, had a hot shower, and then it all just went away and that's completely clear again. And so, yeah, I mean, it tells us that we feed the thoughts by fighting them or by grabbing onto them or believing them, whereas actually the feelings are calling us back away from that. And so, yeah, it's like when you have an alarm system to tell you there's a fire, we say we're creating a fire inside. And if you take medication, it's just like you smash the fire alarm, isn't it? Or whereas we don't want to smash the fire alarm, we want to notice it and actually see that, yeah, once we notice, and it's that really, once I notice, I don't have to fight it or do anything else, but just notice it and then just be with it until it passes that actually as soon as and, and i mean it happened a week ago i got started getting a little bit down in that and at first i started putting concepts on that and then i had the idea actually just sit with this don't do anything else and then it just went virtually straight away and how yeah. does that help you get rid of your label you know bipolar or chronic fatigue how does that help i'm well, seeing you- that i mean the label's just there to tell you where you are in that specific moment i mean i was saying one thing I was doing some training that even schizophrenic to diagnose that you have to have so, um, so many episodes of psychosis in six months but that's just within six months I mean that's not your whole life is it because you was in that state of mind for that short period of time so the label's just there to signify you're there at that moment your level of consciousness is there and so yeah you see that that actually even the label is just a thought that someone's put onto you it's not a truth and when you know that, you don't have to attach to that and define it as you. I mean, so many people say, oh, I'm bipolar or I'm this or this is because of my bipolar or this is because of my depressive or disorder and that. And you see that actually, no, that's not true. That's just a falsehood, really. It's like you said about your name, isn't it? Like your name, you was given that name when you was born, but it's not you, it's a label. And most people don't want to give up their label. They yeah. believe in their label. You know, when I would... I was helping my daughter in school, grade two. Uh, we, I would sit uh, when they had, the teachers would have a break. They all agreed the label of the kid. And I'm going, that's not true what they're, they're saying about the kid. But they're all treating the kid like this. And then I would come in and treat the kid totally different. And my daughter says, oh, you're, you, you you're they're they're just relating so easily to you well i'm not relating to their to their label i'm relating to what they're giving me in the moment and the first thing i noticed was they like to talk like an adult about what was on their mind and i wasn't stifling this or seeing it through the label if you see yourself through the label you're hooped you that label is holding you prisoner and that's what happens to people 
in our world. You're held prisoner by your own thought. But you said at the beginning, I can't remember if it was recorded or not, but you can change thought. You said that specifically. Talk a little bit about that, Zena. Uh, well, as you know, our thoughts are extremely important. Um, what we think about ourselves is how we're living in life, but also how society tells us what way we should live, what way should we should behave, what way we should dress, what way we should think, look. You know, if anybody says anything out of place, there's a whole social media crying eye about it. You know, we're, we're kind of boxed in and conformed and in straitjackets, and we don't know how to be with ourselves now. You know, we're always kind of living up to expectations of someone else. You know, we're afraid to, here's a perfect example. You, you meet someone in the street, maybe not used to in particular, but most people maybe haven't seen them for a while. First thing, hi, are you? And people always say that same thing. Oh yeah, I'm fine, I'm great. Oh, things are brilliant. Oh yeah, the husband's fine or whatever the case may be. They're not actually saying how they truly are inside. Maybe things aren't right inside so we're kind of leading a, a, a line if you were afraid to free to let down our barriers we're free to let down these uh these walls that we've built around ourselves and be truthful and honest maybe if we we started doing that and started saying well you know look not wish, wishing to sound negative but you know i've had a few issues or a few things and it might inspire other people then to to turn this well i'm glad you said that because you know, I haven't been doing so good myself or X, Y, and Z. And so from that kind of base, we can then be more truthful, more honest, and learn to grow and accept who we truly are, who we uh, are in the minute. Just a sec. There's the yes and a no in what you're saying. The yes is we have to be more honest with ourselves and stop sugarcoating everything that we're, we're, we're putting. No, we don't want to just talk about our problems trying to talking about your problems is the problem getting rid of addiction is simple don't think about it oh that's not so easy but the reality is when you don't think about it guess what happens to it it gets lost in the background you're you're thinking about your problems all the time is not the answer in the three principles it's wiser to leave your problem sit until you have a an understanding from within about it and it and what joe is talking about trusting your feelings he knows if he has an ugly feeling it may not immediately happen but it's going to happen for joe he knows that that bad feeling is coming from the fact that he has a negative perception that he's overthinking about so overthinking is the cause of every problem in the universe. Addiction, mental health, stress, with the three big words out there, stress, anxiety, and pain. Overthinking, period. I'd add to war to that as well. And war. every conflict we've had. That's right. War is, you're right, Joe. War is right now a big word out there in the thing. And it's true, and people are being affected by it. You. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Of course, we, we should. One more thing, because it's something yeah, I just realized. If, if, if 
the people in the Ukraine are going through what they're going through. I'm using an, a broad, and I mean, if my sister is going through a, a breast cancer operation, which she is, type of thing. If I don't have compassion, I'm a robot. Mm -hmm. I have to feel this. It's not right that human beings, ordinary human beings in the Ukraine are suffering. It's not right that if my sister is going through breast cancer that I'm not aware that this is a big deal for her. I'm, if I'm only thinking about myself, I'm cold, I'm robotic. That's what people have become. You're cold and robotic. Wake up. You have all the feelings in you, sadness and happiness, meanness and kindness. You have all of that in you, but you are pretending you're perfect. You're pretending you know what you're talking about, and you do, except about the stuff you're feeding in misinformation. And your computer, which is your brain, that's not the source of who you are. The source of you are is before the brain, or as our teacher says, before time, space, and matter. That's where the spirit exists, and that's where Zunet goes for the healing. Before the brain, before time, space, and matter. The present world is teaching the brain. It's teaching the intellect. That is wrong before time, space, and matter. And from there, the three principles become a science, an empirical science that you prove to yourself works. And you understand how the human condition works. You have to understand how you function and how God is assisting and helping you in all these situations if if it wasn't true about mind thought and consciousness or spirit thought and consciousness to use your word for you a little bit more then it's bullshit but the problem is it's not bullshit and nobody's aware of it and it's right in front of your nose i don't know anyone who doesn't think if you did stop thinking you'd be dead well, if you didn't have any consciousness, uh, you'd be a wretch. And if you didn't, if you, and if God wasn't inside you, then everything that every, all sages, all enlightened beings would be fools, because there's all saying the same thing. It's inside you. Jesus Christ, Muhammad, Buddha, and the fifty other, well, whatever it is, the other type of enlightenment. They're all saying the same thing. Sydney Banks is not saying anything different. It's inside you. But we understand he's more modern because we're psychological human beings. And we're psychologically messed up human beings. Clean up the mess. Take an erase, eraser and stop thinking about your problems and start recognizing the truth. And the truth is these three principles head you towards silence within yourself. And that's where you're going to find your answer, not by fixing your problems. Fixing your problem is an outdated paradigm.
totally wrong, totally leading people in the wrong direction. Just because the world believes that does not make it true. If just look at the world, wars, famines, ecological disasters, uh, human non-compassion, uh, everybody telling the other person they're wrong and I'm right. That's divorces, highest rate, addictions, the highest rate, homelessness, the highest rate, the difference between the rich and the poor. America has people richer than countries. Oh, give me a break. You know, where, where's the, the proper distribution of that? And these people are nuts. This age is going to be known, I'm sure of this, as the stupidest people in the world are the rich people. And it's true. They are the stupidest people in the world. Because they're the ones causing all the problems. Because they have all the power. Yeah. And people like myself and Joe and you, we're coming along and we're saying love is the answer. And then people say, yeah, but I want the money. I got use for you. You can have love and the money. But take the love first. Absolutely right. It's it, as I said, people people have a kind of negative thing. They think it's a, a kind of a weak thing. Love, you know, that the, the, oh, it's just a, a, a nambi pambi or a pushy pushy thing. But it it really is the most fundamental um, concept uh, and, and understanding of, I guess, everything that. Things. I mean, it is the very power that kind of created us. And I know you have a different word for it, but um, for me, it's just, it, it underpins everything that I do. All my teachings and all my podcasts always have an element of them, of, of this kind of love. And it's this realization, as you say, which is that we are all one at the end of the day. And this is why it's easy to say that, you know, I love you because you are me. You're a part of God. You are God. We're all one at the end of the day, but it's this separation that's in society today. And that's kind of what I was getting at. It's it's breaking down those barriers that, that we have got ourselves into, where we think that we should have a perfect life, which you touched on there, that we should be perfection. So it's not that we should be constantly talking about our problems, but it's kind of a way to break down barriers so that we can understand, you know, we, we need to let love and we need to realize that you're no different from me. You know, we, we have these barriers up above ourselves and we don't actually communicate with each other and tell each other how we truly are and what we're truly fe feeling. And as I said, a great part of that is this understanding. And you might not call it love, you can call it anything that you want, but it's this understanding that you're no different from me. We're both the same. This is just a, an underneath this bag of clothes that I'm wearing is a, a beautiful shining spirit or piece of spirit and you're the same. If everybody would just kind of realize that, but you're right, it's it's these people who dominate the world, who make the decisions for the world, who don't have this understanding. And this is why um, the work that you are doing is so absolutely vital and fundamental. It is, it is, that's why we're doing it. And one of the things, listen to what Zenith is saying, love is the answer and you have to see the beauty. And if you go to a shrink, and all they're talking about is how ugly you are and what a loser you are. And it's going to take 20 years for you to get out of this thing or you have to take all these, these drugs, these pharmaceutical drugs to cope with you. And that's the best we can hope. Can you see the contradiction? 
Like, if you're already beautiful and all you're looking at is what a loser you are, what does that do for your self-esteem? And once you see you're a loser and you buy into it, you lose your figure, you lose your clarity, and you're all drugged up. I had a lady who was, this is a true story, 23 heavy, heavy drugs for her physical and mostly her mental thing. And she had all the diagnoses. Once she had a spiritual insight, she went to zero. I had another lady who was addicted to, to uh, opiates, ben, benzos, two meetings, and she dropped them. She goes to see her shrink, and he says, how are you doing? She says, I dropped them. She, he said, it's impossible. Nobody can drop these. You see, in his reality, he's correct. He's innocent. He's not deliberately hurting her. He just innocently believes in the bullshit that he learned from the bullshit professor who learned it from his bullshit professor. And somewhere along the line, you know, Freud and, and, and Adler and all these other people, and people believe them. Now, Sid said, even though they're 100% wrong, they still brought the awareness that we're psychological human beings. You see, they brought a gift with their stupidity. We're psychological human beings. When we have too much money, there's a gift with it. Yeah, you have too much money and you can do whatever you want, but you're a fool, so you, 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 you do foolish things with, with it. And it doesn't buy you happiness. And then you have, that's an understanding you have. And Joe, he was, had these images of himself and then he, he, when he took away that misinformation that he was feeding himself, he suddenly saw, I might as well just have a good time. And that's what he started to do. Joe likes to have a good time. And he started to have a good time. And he, so he started to arrange these talks. But he, it's all Joe. I'm not, I'm not arranging any of these talks. It's Joe. He likes them, so he does it, and he arranges it. It's all joke, and I'm just going along for the ride. You know, people say, oh, you're the lead coach, so you get all the credit. I go, nobody's going to listen to me. I don't even have a, I never even took a psychology course. They're going to listen to Joe. He's the fruit on the tree. And when you listen to him, you know he knows what he's talking about. You notice that? See this? You know he, he knows what he's talking about. He's talking about personal experience. He's not talking about something he read in a book or in a Bible, folks. You know, he experienced Christ consciousness. He didn't read it in the book. And he doesn't need the book to know what truth is. The truth is inside him. That's what the book is telling you. Inside you, you experience what Christ said, what I have, you can have, and more. And I'm teaching Joe not to be my level of consciousness. I want him to be higher. You know, I'm going to be gone, and Joe will be there telling his new bad joke. You know, that's the way it works. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, 
This <laughs> lessons I've learned of having <laughs> levels of bad joke. <laughs> you're you're absolutely right. I'm kind of glad that you touched on that. This idea of Christ consciousness, this insight, you know, because like um, you, Joe, I've had that epiphany, that revelation, that feeling of pure love, and I didn't know what it was until it was explained to me. I didn't understand what I was feeling. What have I been drugged? <laughs> Somebody done something to me? Because we've never felt that that type of love before, if, if you want to call it. We've never, we don't know what it is to, to actually feel that. And so once it was explained to me, it was just, it was, it was a revelation. It was an epiphany. It was as if I had been lit up um, like a dynamo. It was just, you could have said the most horriblest, nastiest things to me. It would not have mattered. I, it was just pure bliss, absolute bliss to have that connection that consciousness that Christ had. And you're absolutely right, Harriet. How do you have more of it? You go inside, and this is what Christ's message was. It wasn't worship me. Like all these, I'm sorry to say, churches and priests preach, it was be like me. And the way to do this is to go inside yourself. This is how you will find it. Everything is inside us. We only need to shut out the word that's in front of us, as you quite rightly say, and as I've talked about, find silence, which is a very underused and underrated commodity in today's society. We don't know how to be silent. We constantly busy ourselves. I can't stand noise myself. I don't even have the radio on when I'm driving. I try to get out as much as I can to be with myself just to have that silence because it's within silence that you can make that connection in with God, with spirit, with that love that you can manifest and you can let it grow within you. Um, so you're absolutely right. Have you, I'm assuming, um, Harry, that you've had an experience like that yourself or some sort of experience well, like that? Well, I've had many experiences, but the, on Salt Spring Island, um, I was walking around, this is where Sid Banks was teaching. So. I was being fueled, but I was still in my head. And I remember my my past wife and I were at his place, and we were going. It's not everybody's so happy, and we're we're still arguing and fighting. And and he said, "Don't worry, dearie." To my past wife, he said, "It will happen." And anyway, I was walking along. Salt Spring is this beautiful island, fairly big island, and it has a beautiful many lakes, but a, a beautiful. I'm walking around it, and my head is going normal, normal. And all of a sudden, it went totally quiet for about four or five minutes. And in those four or five minutes, I became I was pure consciousness. I was still here, but not my body, just consciousness. And I could hear every sound every bird every whistle of the wind everything and 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 i was one and because of this experience for four or five and then guess what i started to think i came back here see i went into the world of before time space and matter experience what god or spirit really is consciousness is really what it really is and then i came back here and after that, 
no matter how bad things happened or good or bad, I knew it was spiritual. See, I experienced life is spiritual. But unfortunately for me, that's only two of the three principles, spirit and consciousness. It did not include thought. And because of that, I was still a loose cannon in the way I was using thought. And then uh, two years later, I was now an executive director of a big organization and um, an indigenous organization. And, and, and I came to visit Sid and we went up to the top of the mountain and he said, okay, ask me any question you want. And I asked him about 10 spiritual questions. That's what I was interested in, and that's where my insight was. And he'd answer every question with something you're talking about, Zenith, and it's all one. And I says, isn't this interesting? I don't bring up this scenario. Someone asked me a question, I answer that question, but I don't say, and it's all interconnected to the oneness of life type of thing. And then... I physically saw thought go out of my mouth. I'm on the top of the mountain, panoramic view, go out of my mouth into the abyss and boomerang back into me as a feeling. And I went, holy poop, who's creating all his suffering, all my suffering? My, this boomerang is creating my suffering. And then I had thought, but, until I connected it to the other experience where the two became one, I was still living in a spiritual and a psychological world. But when those three principles became one, I was living in a world that it didn't matter whether it was spiritual, psychological, mental, emotional, physical, it just didn't matter. It was all the same thing. See, it's all just energy, as Joe said. Just energy. Right, Joe? <laughs> I wondered if he was sleeping, so I just asked him. <laughs> he wasn't that boring, Harry. <laughs> but it's right, is it? Everything. Yeah, and, and you can feel it as well when you go quieter and yeah. feel that feeling outside. And, and that's and, and when I say it's a science, I don't think about my decisions now. I feel what's right. I know which feelings to trust. And as soon as I feel it, even if it makes no sense intellectually, I don't waste my time thinking about it. I just do it. And guess what happens? Instead of spending two weeks thinking about what I should do and come up with no, I just do it. And I just, you know, I do all this stuff and everyone says, oh, you must be so busy. I'm not busy. It's just I don't spend a lot of time doing stuff. I didn't trust the feeling type of thing. And then Joe phones me and says, we're going to have a meeting with this guy, Zenith. He looks like a pretty cool guy. And uh, he's reading a little bit of the material and stuff. And I go, okay, let's do it. You see, I, I'm not thinking, ah, is this going to be this or this? Stop thinking, people, and just feel. And once you feel, you'll see which feelings are right and which feelings are bullshit and stop following the bullshit ones 
That's all you're doing with your mental health issues. You're following the wrong issue. In addiction, which I have you know, no background in, but uh, let's say one of the leading experts in the world, you know, it's true by my success rate, but that has nothing to do with what people believe, you know, type of thing. You're going to follow the bullshit. But, but the, the, the point I'm making is my co-host said something very interesting. The thrill the person has from drinking is when they have the thought that they're going to the bar. When they're actually at the bar drinking, they're not getting it, that thrill. It's that first thought. When they, oh, I'm going to have a drink and I'm going to relieve this. I'm going to have that. That's when they get high. When they go to the thing, they're already, that's just, they're just following the pattern. Are you a robot and just follow the pattern? Yeah, you are. Until one day you realize there's a better feeling than the alcohol or the drug. And guess what happens when you find the better feeling? What happened to Joe when he found a better feeling than feeling sorry for himself because he had bad spirits in himself? Well, it was a better feeling, so he followed it. What did it lead to? Salvation, freedom. You know, in my, my last book, I said addiction is the path to total freedom. Total freedom is what... I only teach total freedom. I don't teach addiction. I don't know anything about addiction. I know a lot about healing. Are you interested in healing or learning more about the disease? The, the doctor that uh, Joe mentioned, Dr. Bill Pettit, 26 years at university. Do you know how many, how many uh, minutes he spent on learning about mental health in the 26 years? How many minutes? He never... He never learned one second about mental health. He was an expert in mental illness. You see the problem in the world? Now? Love again is the answer. He didn't hear one word about love. He never heard the word love when he went to university about to be a psychiatrist. He didn't hear that word at all. Certainly didn't hear about God or spiritual. He heard he became an expert in mental illness. So what is he going to look for when he sees you? See that? What he learned. Yeah. You know, uh, in the indigenous world, there's shamans. And if, if the shaman pinches women's thumbs, guess what the, the student apprentice does when he's the shaman? Pinches the bum. It seemed like it was what his teacher did and it was okay. But it wasn't okay. See, that's the point. Yeah, you're right. I, um, I, I, I used to, uh, well, I, I did for a short while attend um, what I thought was a, a therapist because I thought it was to do with an addiction that I had, you know, and I, I quite quickly realized to myself, you know, why am I paying this person money for them to sit and listen to me? Why, why am I doing this when I already have the best help that is not living? And I think that's the problem with this type of psychology or behavioral psychology is they just want to sit and listen. Really, at the end of the day, and you don't actually, I'm sorry if I'm speaking out of term, but you don't actually need them. Like I quite quickly realized, why am I paying somebody to, when I already have all the answers within me? At a certain level, a low level, 
for certain people, that it, it, it gives them a, a catch of breath. Or it's like the, the pharmaceutical drugs. Obviously, if you're neurotic and it calms you down, that's good. But that doesn't mean you're supposed to be taking the pharmaceutical drugs for the rest of your life. You calm down now, you're healthy. Or you, and if the if the shrink is is wise, which most of them aren't, going to head you in the right direction. You see the the psychologists and psychiatrists who understand the three principles, they're listening, deep listening, that they call it, yeah. listening for a feeling, but. They also have an understanding of the role of thought. And if you're thinking after you get a nice feeling back into your negative thinking, your old behavioral pattern, you'll recreate that feeling again. And so what happens is they'll teach you, don't do that. See, if you have a nice feeling and you just let it grow, guess what it grows. It grows into that's what happened to Joe. Really, Joe, all that happened was you stepped into a nice feeling and you let it grow and it changed you. That's, that's my interpretation of what happened to you. He just, he just listened and he just let it happen. He trusted me. Okay, I agree with that. He did trust me. He knew I wasn't trying to, to, to pigeonhole him into the snow. And I was always telling him, don't listen to me, Joe. Listen to yourself. Right, Joe? Talk yeah. And that's thing. It's important for people to understand. You must not worship your shrink. You must not worship your teacher. Now talk a little bit about that. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, I've, I've even realized that if you read or hear someone and you get an intellectual understanding, but then it's just a belief. And that's when you get locked into that follower <laughs> Well. And then you're just following someone else's experience, someone else's idea. And it's only when I actually experienced it for myself that I truly saw it and that I truly realized. And it has to come from within. And I have to have that aha moment, you could call it. And that's what they would call an insight. And until that point, it wasn't really, it was just a, um, what would you call it, just intellectual um, gathering or intellectual storage, just adding more noise, really. Or more beliefs and more concepts yeah i want to talk about um just something that you were talking about earlier joe you know about um, these thoughts and anxiety the stuff that creep in and for me um just because you have become enlightened you have connected with consciousness super consciousness you have a, a spiritual awakening whatever it is that you want to call it it doesn't make your ego and these thoughts constantly disappear, but it's the fact that you've become aware of them now and you can manage them. I think you mentioned something there, Harry, along the lines of um, that they're kind of there to help you. You know, that these things are definitely, they're definitely there to help you. Yeah, they're, they're the, the the dark side of you, if you like, or the, the, the kind of negative thoughts are as much a part of you as your positive thoughts. And they're there to give you a helping hand because without them, you would have no um, aspirations to be better, to to overcome, to, to you know, to, to evolve beyond these limitations or these things that are plaguing you. 
So what happens as your level rises and, you know, and with Joe's word of insight and what you're talking about, what happens is as, as I'm going to talk about my personal experience, as my level of consciousness goes up, I, I, start, I don't define good and bad anymore. You see, that's again, the, like the word love. It's a definition of, of an image of good and bad. That's why I was in trouble because I had lots of definitions of good and bad, my personal opinion. But now, whatever experience I'm going through, it, let's say it has a heavy feeling. It, it, it's a totally different type of heavy feeling than before. It's spiritually divine gift. I am going through this experience. And when I went, I, I got my car broke down in the middle of nowhere and I didn't know what to do. It gave me so much more compassion for my my sister's breast cancer operation because I felt the same way. I was in a hope, didn't know what was going to happen and stuff. But two things. The experience worked out beautifully because I found something to trust, which was my son-in-law's advice. You know, get a tow truck and get him to tow it to the nearest uh, transmission shop. And it worked out. Too expensive, but it worked out. See, it wasn't perfect, but it worked out. And the thing that I notice is most of my definition, please listen to this, people. Most of my definitions of good and bad have disappeared. It's all learning. It's all great stuff. I'm not perfect. I I have blind spots. I have stuff that that if I go through a little bump in the, in the way, maybe I'll wake up a little bit more in the moment, in the now. Maybe maybe I'm asleep and I don't know it. Maybe I need God to shake me up and say, "Hey, hey, get back on the right path." The path of love that and understanding that Zenith is pointing toward. The path of, of not being contaminated by past labels that Joe is talking about. The path of, of love and understanding that Sid Banks is talking about via the un- uncovering of the three principles, these three sacred principles. The connection of the spiritual and the psychological world that I'm talking about. They're all the same things. They're just different descriptions. There again, you don't have to use love. You use whatever. We're all talking about, you don't have to evaluate and get feedback to your own opinion. Leave it alone. Let it flow. Let the river flow. There's an old story. The story, there's a bear upstream and he's eaten too many berries. So he poops. And there's a guy downstream fishing in England and he catches this poop and he pulls it in and he examines it for a half an hour and smells it. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh my God, it's poop. He throws it back in the water. And, but this bear ate a lot of berries and pooped again. And he goes down and he pulls it again and he looks at it and examines it. And maybe 15, 20 minutes and he says, ah, it's poop. And goes, By the third time the poop comes along, he lets it just keep roll on stream. That's a higher level of consciousness. Just let it roll on. 
Don't bother evaluating, judging. That's ego. You, you don't need to know. God knows. What you need to do is to feel good. Because if you feel good, you're having fun. And if you're having fun, you're young, alive, full of life. Joe's getting more handsome. Of course, he was so handsome before. It's hard to imagine, but he's getting so handsome. He just, he just come. He just, it just, it comes. The smile that every, it just comes with the turf. Before, he was beautiful but jittery. Now he's beautiful and calmer. He was uh, over question. He asked questions, which was very good for invigorating the atmosphere. He asked so many questions. It was like, you know, oh yes, Joe, yes, yes. And now, and and then he and then we took him into coaching. At first, I wouldn't let him coach by himself because I felt he wasn't ready. And then one day he was ready, and then he went on his own. And is he coaching and helping people better than me? I'm going to tell you probably a few of it. The of the people he's helped, he's helped deeper than I could. And that's a compliment to me, isn't it? That the student could teach a client better than I could. And you know yourself, you're for some people and not for everyone. I'm for some people and not for everyone. And Joe, he's for everybody. <laughs> you're you're right about um, our experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's but not you wish you. I, I can feel my ego expanding now. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You know. So, well, yeah, what we go through are simply experiences. There's no point labeling them good or bad. They're just an experience that we're having, and everything is helpful to us to undergo and understand. It's ourselves who um, put judgments on ourselves that create the problems. And that's the high, the higher level. You don't do that. See. It's the lower levels when you're in a bad mood that you do that. And when the higher levels, you don't do it. So in the low mood, stop trusting your thoughts. They stink. In the higher level, trust your thoughts. It's so simple. Why would you trust bullshit? Why would you, why would you trust the poop that's coming down the water from the bear when you can just let it go? And you say, well, it can't be that simple. I can't stop thinking about it. It is that simple. And once you see how simple it is, you've got it. You've got it once you see how simple it is. See, we're not talking about rocket science, how you build a rocket. We're not talking about how you build the universe and what God has created. We're just talking about how we work. Once you leave the problems alone, and catch that feeling you stop taking life so seriously and when you stop taking life so seriously you stop taking yourself so seriously and once you stop taking yourself so seriously you got it yeah you got it. You got it. yeah i think you're right people think that um this uh spiritual psychology or spiritual awakening or spiritual realization whatever you want to call it is something um that's only kind of available to educated people or intellectual people or people who are extremely spiritual and it's 
it's not it's the most simplest thing possible i always say why would our god why would our creator make something that's only available to a small percentage of the population it's the most simplest thing in life anyone anyone at all can do what you've done what joe's done what i've done it's natural it's our natural state of being but you have to have patience yeah you can't, you know you can't demand it you know i want it now you know that's yeah. not the way god works one time yeah. in the car with sid banks and i'm in a good space and he's beside me and i'm driving i say gee sid spirit moves slow and he turns to me with a big smile yeah ari he's scottish yeah ari real slow and that's the way spirit works slow down to this the space of spirit and you'll come and meet your spirit rush ahead and you might find you, you all you found is a little bit more of the poop it is it's a it's a slow process you know it's it's a slow internal process yeah yeah you're right because i think insight it could be like really sid was nowhere and then had a spiritual insight in four or five seconds and he was enlightened so yeah, yeah I, I i'm not enlightened so it, it, i but he that's what happened and others but generally we do it step by step that's generally yeah. you, you are step by step growing in your awareness that life is spiritual i'm just going to put a sentence this is what life is. life is spiritual and it's a world of thought you get yeah. that you connect those two together you start talking about the spiritual nature of thought not thinking that the psychologists and cognitive therapists etc talk about we're not talking about cognitive therapy where you're aware of thought and judging it good and bad and trying to have a strategy and cope with stuff that's bullshit. anything that involves personal thinking that's not the way i know it's hard to accept but you're not the most important person in the world i i'm sorry to tell you that you're the most important person to yourself yes i give you that but not to the world the world doesn't care if you die it doesn't really care if you die they'll put you in the ground and they'll and then they'll think about something else well also uh, there is no death is there really because it's all that infinite energy and it's just changing form again and consciousness never dies it just moves on to the next journey and the next story yeah I and mean, that's another show another another thing to talk about but that's absolutely correct yeah, it is it's just it's we're not we're not kind of this stuff should be taught in schools it should be taught from an early age what you're teaching maybe not myself but certainly what, what you and joe are teaching it should be taught in schools it should be taught to people from a, a young age and this is how we're going to change society you know, yeah. maybe we will ultimately change the world once people are aware of these deep truths. Instead of putting them through an education system where ninety percent of it is discarded, or yeah, ninety percent of it is not going to be used. But then, there's a problem with it, and there are, by the way, uh, a lot of children's programs in the three principles that uh, taught. And if anyone's interested, Joe will give you some information on that or on our group. But but the the re, the re, uh, 
The reality is, unless the teacher themselves understand what you have experienced or what you're talking about, you could teach it to the kids because you understand it. But if the teacher doesn't understand it, it's just book knowledge, and then that's not going to cut it. In this field of, of wisdom, if the, the person has to have, have access to their own wisdom. And let's say they're insecure in teaching this, mm, not going to work good with the kids, and it won't connect with the kids because you're not trying to trying to do stuff. And let's face it, people, kids are way ahead of adults in many ways. I'm, I'm going to finish our show with this one story. I'm teaching grade two class, and. I'm teaching them actually from a three principles book about, about about a kid who's bullied and insecure, and then when he's bullied and when he's secure, what the different results are, and that's what the story's about, you know, A and B, and then these 24 kids from all like in Canada, you don't get all white kids or all they're all of like. Of, we're the best country in the world, multicultural. Although England, pretty good multicultural too. I have to give it credit. But Canada is the best because we have the least prejudice. We have prejudice, take my word, but the least. And so I'm teaching these kids and I ask them this question. Very interesting. I, I, it just popped in my head. What stress, kids? Not one of the 24 kids knew what stress was. But they knew their parents had a lot. Who taught them about stress? Their parents. There's, there's no such thing as stress. And then I took that teaching to, I had to teach at an addiction class. And this guy was in a really bad mood. And this is a heavy addiction, not the, you know, the overeating little, you know, sidebar issue, the big stuff. And and I, I, I tell the story and he goes, yeah, but they still experience stress. And I said, no, they don't experience stress like you do. They experience it and let it go in 30 seconds. You experience and hold on to it for two weeks. You see, thought, just thought. They let it go. They let the poop. Yeah, they, they see the poop and they let it go. We see the poop and we examine it. And when you're in addiction, you do a lot of that. And then, and then somebody comes along and say, asks you some spiritual to use your your terminology to talk about the spiritual reality. And then you you become aware that these heavily addicted people are more aware of the spiritual reality than the normal people who are rich and and stuck in their paradigm. They're stuck in the material world. These people have suffered. They're looking to get rid of their suffering. And they've, and they've had drugs to take, take them into these altered states of reality. They know a lot more than most rich people about the spiritual reality. So that was beautiful. All of a sudden, oh, this is exciting. We can talk spiritual. I can't talk to spiritual about to rich businessmen. So this is really cool. I loved it. It was fantastic. And guess what? They loved that they had wisdom in these areas. Nobody had ever asked them. They did constraints and programs. 
you know, they spent 80,000 pounds to help themselves and they were still addicted. That's our system. Money, money, money. Success, success, success. Pretend, pretend solutions. Big 5% recovery rate. Woo! You pick your nose and have 5% recovery rate. But they support it. They believe in it. They'll fight to their death for it. And they do. And they do. And they do. But once you touch your wisdom and you stop believing the nonsense that everybody in the world is telling you, you realize you're an independent vessel connected to God. Yeah, you're individually gifted, Zenith. You have unique mystical gifts connected to God. You've opened up a portal that's allowed you to just accept who you are. Others have different portals, open up who they are. My portals, I love, and the more mystical it is, the more I love it. And the more mystical it is, the easier it is to help people. Because it's not you, it's not me helping anybody, it's God, it's mystical, it's beyond me. Beyond time, space, and matter. Sydney Banks. You know. Enlightened. Who do you want to believe? A, a, a guy who never knew anything about psychology and was some kind of whatever it was, like Freud, or an enlightened human being? Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a psychological answer to your problem, why not look at a spiritual psychological answer and find the real answer? He, he was a neurologist that says everything, doesn't oh, was he? Okay, well, there's so what do you, you know, who, who, who created false images of what psychology is? But yes, I certainly had heard of Freud, and yeah, a lot, all the teaching. And Sid says about psychology, it used to be the study of mind and consciousness, but then they came up with. Ah, we know nothing about mind. Well, that's in the world of God, a God, and and uh, we'll give that to religion. And then they came up with, we don't know anything about consciousness, so we'll give that up. And then it became the study of behavior, something we can see and study. That's where it got lost. It's lost. Yeah. It's lost. Zenith figured it out and said, why am I paying this guy money? I, he's not helping me. He's just listening to my problems. I'm not going to find my answer in my problems. I'm going to find my answer in my divinity, in my spiritual nature. And if there was no spiritual nature, then it would be bullshit. But the problem is, it's not bullshit. We all have a soul. We all have divine consciousness within us. And we have not learned how to use it properly. And once you do, you heal yourself. But it doesn't mean you don't get information from the doctor. If I get a, a cancer, I want to go to a doctor who knows of cancer. He will help me with different things. But I don't just listen to him and take every word he says and kiss his bum. I've learned that's not the way. Because the best doctor in the world is me. I know what my body is going through. He doesn't but he can help. 
if he's a good guy, if he's a good doctor. A lousy doctor, you follow him, you're a fool. Yeah. But anyway, we're not talking about being a fool. We're talking about how beautiful we are. And <laughs> we find the lightness, the happiness, and the unlimited potential to be myself. Absolutely. There's a, a very um, powerful statement. I don't know if you're aware of it. I don't know if fully myself, but it's the, the I am. The I am statement, yeah, I'm sure you're aware of it. And it's just this reputation of telling it, more than telling it, more than believing it, feeling it in your being and knowing it, that I am this unique, powerful, beautiful, spiritual being. Um, and I can be anything that I want to be. I can choose to be whatever I want to be because my life is unlimited. So there's no point know. in listening to Within it sounds a little like you're directing what 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 you are. I I see it more like I'm accepting what God what God provides. When I give up my when I gave up my ambition, I became successful. I allowed it to happen. It's always happening, but we're plug we're plugging it up. But I am not creating. I, you know, what's happening in my life, I'm opening up to what's happening to my life. I, at everything that, I'm 75 now, everything that happened to me started at 69. All the, all the stuff professionally that I'm doing. None of which I did before. It, it just happened. I, I'm a little flabbergasted that I'm allowed to open my mouth and talk so much. Of to people about stuff like this. It's kind of interesting. Right? When did that happen? They never listened before, and now they are. This is pretty cool. But I, it's just opening up. Joe just opened up. You just opened up to your unlimited potential. And God has a plan for you. He knows what what, and this is what you're. This is the way you're expressing it. And if you're having trouble with work or what you should do, this is what a shaman said to someone. He said, should I do this job or that job? And he said, well, that the teachings we have is whatever job you choose, God will support you in that. And that's basically what all I did was accept what was obviously in front of my nose. This looked like more fun than the other stuff I was doing. So I did it. And to my surprise, it opened a whole world to me. You could say I was lucky. I, I would say I fluked it in, in a way, but I deserve it. I, because of that first insight that life is spiritual, I never gave up. And I had lots of reasons to give up, see, I had lots. But I didn't give up. And Joe had lots of reasons to give up, but he never gave up. Why, why didn't you give up, Joe? Why, why didn't you give up? Because you really were a mess. Gee, you were horrible, too. I don't, couldn't find hardly a good quality in you. Why didn't you give up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm speechless now. Well, I think, firstly, I mean, from the physical point, I don't think I really had that much choice. I mean, it was just 
I was ready to awaken and it just fell into place really I mean I tried to resist it sometimes and that but it wasn't my, it wasn't my little ego self that made the choice I think I think it was more my inner self or my higher self so it's just we can go with the flow can't we or we can resist it it's just that but yeah accepting that it happened when it's ready and that was for me really yeah it's for everyone joe this yeah you said thanks was a welder with a grade eight education from scotland an ordinary guy and then all of a sudden he had an a, an enlightenment experience you know what he calls it a fluke just, you know just fluke yeah no re he, there was really no reason why he should have that should have happened and that's it's just god chooses those types of vessels and that vessel has changed thousands of people's lives it's changed joe and my life thanks to his wisdom is what he did and once he experienced it he had no choice but to try and share it with a world that didn't want to hear what he had to say but people started to come from all over and he never advertised or anything like that and then the psychologists came and there's a lot of psychologists who who are really into this into this original psychology he calls it the original and when and someone asked when did the original psychology start and he said before time space and matter and the, and the, and the person said, well that doesn't make sense he says it's not supposed to make sense it doesn't make sense but that's it started from the same place that healing is before time space and matter what is that the Jews call it the great nothingness. The Indians and in indigenous call it the great mystery. The you know the um, the Christian you know the infinite intelligence. The Muslims. I love that phrase. Infinite. Intelligence. I love that phrase too. I've heard it in uh, some of my spiritual books. It was never a word that Muslims used that. But yeah, I love that phrase too. Infinite intelligence. Yeah. It, it, it shows that like everything is operating from a from uh, a constant changing adjusting interactive way that has love as an ingredient to it see if it was just a robot it would wouldn't have love built into it you see the robot has a flaw but it can think, it can create, it can do, but it doesn't have love and compassion. When you add the love and compassion, that's blue. You see, you and I, Cecina, have never met each other, but we're already in love with each other. You know, we've already tasted a little of that. That, you know, that's the beauty of the technology, is we've, we've tasted that. We've, we've found a lot of common ground of what you, your experience is unique to you, mine is unique to myself, but we've, but truth has common ground. I have common ground with every human being in the world. If I just get my bloody ego out of the way and just accept the truth. And what you see is what happened to Joe. At first, he was a lower level, and when we were talking, he would go, oh, Jesus, what a bunch of crap he's talking about. 
And, but he started to figure it out. He started, you know, and then at a certain point, he had a memorized story. And then I said to him, no, I don't want a memorized story. I want Joe. And he slowly, and then all of a sudden, he really got it together. And then we became compadres, you know, two, you know, like uh, there's a movie called The Three Amigos, you know, the mm -hmm. three fools, really. But anyway, uh, you know, so Joe and I are the two fools together. Um. What was I going to say there? Yeah, you, you mentioned something there that I get. I, once again, I can really, really relate to um, because I had no idea about any of this. I didn't know whether anyone wanted to listen to me, whether anyone was interested in what I had to say. But I, I, I did want to share, like yourselves, what I'd learned in my journey with other people and hopefully help them along in their journey. And there's just something so satisfying about knowing that you've touched someone and that person is now opened up, it makes everything worthwhile. It's not about, because I, I don't make any money out of all the stuff that I do. And I, I do quite a lot. I don't make any sort of money out of it, but I, it's the enjoyment that I get out of it. It's the enjoyment knowing that I've touched other people's lives, that I've helped them in some way or inspired them to, to be better. And you're following your vision and your, your vision of what's right for you. You see, that's what I did. I did everything wrong, but it worked out. And I followed my vision for what is right for me. I could not just work the way the world was saying. First, I'm too smart. And secondly, I've got good ideas. The world doesn't like that. So the world likes bad ideas or mediocre ideas, but not good ideas. They're always controversial. But the... the the thing that I stood true to was what you're talking about. I had to, I had to get closer to God, and I had to understand what that meant. And I, and I, at a certain point, I gave up worrying about my material reality and just being content. And when I got content everything started to come into place but i took four years of contentment and then all the miracles happened so you're heading in the right direction because the feeling tells you you are and if you compromise it the right direction you must suffer and i'm telling you something it's far better to be poorer and not suffer than to be rich and suffer because Certain people, and this is what people don't understand, people in addiction, people in mental health are generally ahead of the other people. They're creative. And this creativity is stifled by the way the world is. And so you're not allowed the freedom to express your creativity, and that hurts. And, and it's, it's, it goes against what we're taught as kids that we're allowed to, to, if we have good ideas, they're going to be uh, um, taken by other people and, and praised and, and so on. But it isn't like that. And so the more creative you are, the more you're going to face no. And the more frustration you have, you go to outside stimuli to, to help you with that. So 
don't get caught up that just because a person's on the street, they're a lower level of consciousness than you. That isn't true at all. At one point, Joe looked like a mess. It didn't mean he was a lower level of consciousness than the guy who was talking. And now he doesn't look a mess. And so, but it's just outside. He was always, he always a caring, sensitive, uh, curious human being. These people who I dealt with in, in addiction, they were mostly there because they were creative people. They were artists and the world loves scientists. The wor they were able to, to delve into unorthodox approaches. And naturally, they got into drugs. Who doesn't? And naturally, they saw, oh, I'm touching feelings. Like I was a hippie, the biggest hippie in the world, with wild hair and a big beard. I was at Woodstock. You think I smoked a little? Ooh. <laughs> you know, and, and, and more. It expanded my consciousness. And when I took that expanded consciousness to the world, it clashed with the world. It clashed with, oh, it's like math. I'm mathematically gifted. So I went, would go in and I'd meet the president and they had trouble, one plus one equals two. And two plus one equals three, but don't go any farther than that. It's too complicated. And I'd go, or oh, just warming up, you know, so you, you just start to see, no, they just can't, they just don't see it. Well, how could they see life like I do mathematically when they see it on paper and I see it floating in the air? Well, it's a two different world. And that's what these creative people are. They see it floating in the air and you see it in the, on paper. You're the one who's holding them back. You're not investing in human potential. You don't even recognize it. All you recognize is how much money you have and whether you have a house and whether the sex with your wife is, is at least a couple of times a month type of thing. You know, that's, that's not reality, people. If you're uh, in a privileged situation, you're there to serve your people. You're there to listen to your people and you're there to guide them. And the way you guide them is the same way I guide the mental health transformation group. I am not the head of it. I am just a part of it. Yes, sometimes I have to set rules if it gets messed up. But I do not. These people are very wise. Would you agree, Joe? They are sharing horrible stuff that if I interfere with it, it would take it down. Yeah, and I mean, they're so far ahead, aren't they? The, the paradigm of the standard, I mean, but what like you say as well, I mean, even going into mental health, so many people have had beautiful spiritual experiences and then they've just told them that they've got a diagnosis or they've had psychosis. I mean, I've talked to a lot of them and they've had great experiences with the oneness. And it's the same with the group, isn't it? I mean, they express from their truthness. They're not something they've learned from someone else or some just the view of the outside i mean everything's based on the outside i've done cbt and that and it's all about control control and that's why this group is speaking from personal experiences 
not from what someone else has told them to be true, what they know to be true. And that's where the power comes from. It's what you know what's from inside, what you know what what grows from the feeling and what emerges is from that feeling and their demonstration, aren't they? All of us are a demonstration that actually these things work, that there's a truth. It's not just a concept or a belief. See, there's fruit there. How come the world doesn't care? How come they don't care? I just don't. I thought we really have something here. We have fruit. Proof. Nobody cares. Entertaining, interesting, and then they move on. Nobody cares that there's fruit. Like, isn't that proof? They'd rather listen to the lies. They'll fight for your death. Or they'll be entertained and forget about it. I thought for sure the truth would be listened to, but I've been very disappointed. It's, they're not. It's, it's you know, I I can understand people not listening to me. I can honestly, I I get that, but I don't get that they don't listen to the truth. That I can't get. Don't you guys understand? This is absolute healing result. It doesn't mean they're living a perfect life. They're just living a normal, unlimited potential life, not caught by the boundaries of their negative thinking. When we're all we're talking about is is drop your negative thinking, your labels, your beliefs, pop those balloons and see the truth. You and Christ are the same. You're both sons of God. Oh, sacrilegious. And don't listen to Oprah. She's a fool. You know, you've got deeper stuff than that, people. Unless she has us on, then she's not a fool. Oh, right. <laughs> Beautifully said, Joe. How easy it is to change my mind. See how easy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely correct. And I only mentioned that because she's really preaching right now. Trauma is the cause of addiction. That's it isn't. Something causes the trauma. And how you deal with the trauma is what the three principles will help you to understand that you can forgive and forget. Yeah, I'm not suggesting it wasn't hurt, it wasn't pain or suffering with it. And it, it, it isn't something, if I'm raped by a priest, I'm not going to really, oh, it's just thought, you know, excuse me. But it is, at a certain point, spiritual thought. And once you let it go, you are, you, to use an indigenous word, you're empowered. To use the three principles word, your level of consciousness goes up. To use a spiritual world, you have more love to share with the world. And the most important person in the world, yourself. You've got to love yourself, people. And... You gotta love all your thoughts, every one of them. You know, and once you love your thoughts, guess what happens? You like yourself. How many people in your audience love their thoughts? Uh, well, I would hope a few more because that's what I constantly tell people to love your thoughts, to love your negative thoughts. You know, an experience that I had um, when I was going through my trauma, and these thoughts. Were, were, were just a battering ram in my mind. They were assailing me. I couldn't get away from them. 
I was trying to run away and then the thought came, the beautiful thought came, turn this completely on its head. Instead of trying to run away from these thoughts, turn around and embrace them. Grab them to you, hug them, love them. Invite them in like a stranger at the door on a cold, wet night. Bring them in, sit them down, give them a cup of tea. And when they start to talk, shh, don't even give them a second. Love your thoughts and you will find then that you're completely transformed. And you're absolutely right. Love all of your bad thoughts and they will not then assail you in the way that they used to. They are you and they're trying to teach you something. But one thing that I wanted to ask you both, and it's something that I, I've thought about. We look on people with mental health and addictions as, well, certainly a lot of people do as a, as a, as a lower class of people. Really, the way I think is that these are the most important people because I think that a lot of people with addiction, a lot of people with mental health problems is because they feel and they don't know it, that there is something missing in their life. They can't put their finger on it. They don't understand what it is, but they are missing something. And it's this connection, this realization that they are one spiritual, one, 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 one person. We're all oneness, oneness. And so I think people get into addiction like alcoholism, drugs, depression, because they can't deal with that missing part of them. They are seeking to um, to get rid of those feelings or to, to make up in a different way through the use of drugs, through the use of alcoholism. And then when someone like yourself comes along, Harry, and tells them about the oneness of everyone, the spiritual nature of it, because they have no ego left, they realize then that this is what they were missing in life. This is what got them to that point. It's a self-realization that changes your your the the way you see reality. So once you touch uh, something that that has a different a composition, a different feeling, uh, it, it, life looks different. So from a lower level of consciousness, it makes total sense to blame the past and outside circumstances for your depression or your uh, drinking or whatever. But on a higher level of consciousness, it, it, it's the self-real. See, you don't go higher without the, the changing thought. And then if you actually see what happened, that you just simply changed thought, then what happens is you have the answer to all psychological problems. You see, you're not actually trying to fix that you have an addiction or a mental health issue. That's what the world is telling you to do. I don't deal with that. I just teach people how we work and once you see this oneness or you see this beauty this feeling along with the role of thought you'll you're 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 the doctor now because you are the only person that knows what you're feeling you're the only person that knows what you're experiencing and so you just, if you understand how thought works, the nature of thought, it's spiritual. All thought is spiritual. It's constantly pouring through you. It has a psychological component to it. Um, 
it's the creative force that allows you to change directions if there's a glacier in front of you or a, a problem in front of you. And it's the source of your happiness and it's also the source of your unhappiness. And so once you start to see that, what happens is this understanding, which is another word for higher consciousness, starts to make sense. If you don't see that, you're like I was with, with my first experience, but without the understanding of thought, you still would go, would be a loose cannon, not knowing how to navigate through the waters and avoid the, the iceberg. But with the understanding of thought and consciousness and mind, you're able to not only navigate, you're able to feel deeper and deeper realities leading to your true self. Who are you really? You're not really Zenith or the Zenith. You're, you're really something far, far, far more. That's just a name. And you've already changed your name on one level. It's just a name. <laughs> you know, in Winnipeg, my name's Harold. Here I'm Harry. Uh, Sid called me Henry. Which one is right? Oh, the indigenous call me uh, Standing Elk. Oh, and the Jewish people call me Kuna. Which one am I? I'm all of those. And more. And more. See, that's what I found out. I didn't want to be pigeonholed as this is my, my label. I knew that in business, they like to pigeonhole. This is what you do. This is all you can do. This is who you are. I knew that wasn't who I was. And so I, you know, and when I went into the spiritual psychology of the three principles, I did the same thing. First, I worked with the indigenous and became a leading expert in the world. Then I worked with addiction, became a leading expert in the world. Then I worked with now the Muslims. And I don't know anything. I'm Jewish, so perfect combination, Muslim and Jewish, work so well together, you know, harmonious to the farthest degree. And then, and then through the fluke of life, I became the lead coach of a mental health group. Joe, how much have I talked about what I know about mental illness in the whole time you've known? Joe's been around for a while. How, how, how many, how long have I talked about mental illness? Um, not a lot. Um, not at all, I would say, really, because um, we talk about the spiritual, not the... And the mental health. Not, and yeah. the mental health that resides within people. See, resides within not outside circumstances creating. You didn't become spiritual because something outside of you happened. You became spiritual because something inside became obvious and you opened up to it. That's all. That's mental health. You opened up to who you are, which is your gifts, your mystical gift. And I talk a lot about their mystical gift. They're also concerned with their intellectual and material gifts. Bullshit. Those are not the fun ones. The mystical gifts are the fun ones. That's where you use your intuition. Ooh, I like intuition. I hate the mental apparitions called intellect that just always messes things up. 
Oh, intuition. The women were right, guys. Intuition, <laughs> the feelings. The only thing is they forgot about it when they went for the money. They gave up the intuition for the money. And guess what happened? They got messed up. They lost something, too. They got the money. They got the independence. But they didn't get the freedom. The freedom that Zenith has, that Joe has. That's what we're talking about. Total freedom to be yourself. It looks like the world is constraining you. I got news for you. Figure out a way to be unconstrained and you'll have a lot better time. A lot better time. Yeah, it might not look exactly the way you think, but it is a lot of fun finding out who you are. And you, who you are, Zenith, Joe, are geniuses. That's who you are. You're geniuses. That's all. Just a genius in your own special way. And Frank Sinatra had it right. I did it my way. <laughs> Fantastically well said. Absolutely brilliant. You know, we, we could talk all night about these concepts and it really could. Um, it's just a pity that I'm not actually physically with you too because I would sit up all night with you and talk to the cars come home. But I think at some stage where we, we have to... Um, I we think have to yeah. yeah. So I, I did want to ask you... Um, about some of the work that you're doing um, and hopefully some of the future work because it's so fundamentally important. I know that you've worked with um, the NHS, which is the National Health Service here in the United Kingdom. Um, you've worked with trauma groups, you've worked with mental health groups, charities, um, and you've, you've obviously um, been on so many podcasts and done webinars. I'm just wondering, um, what does the future hold? You know, is there going to be an expansion of this? Can you see it expanding? Is there is there more plans to to bring this to a wider audience? Um, it's a great question, and of course, I I really thought when we we started we started started to talk to a lot of groups and stuff, and in the podcast, but but the the reality is only as people hear can we actually penetrate uh you know what what we're sharing the the reality is there's a lot of psychologists who are teaching versions of what we're we're ta we're talking about and what our group our group is is a spiritual group that will share as it's allowed to but here's here's an offshoot of, of what I, so joe came into the group and uh, certainly wasn't able to coach. He, in fact, he wanted to be coached or, or whatever it is. And now he's, he's, he's a coach on Heartfelt Presence, which is a 24-hour three-piece service to people that people can come on. And he's doing a lot of, of he's doing a certain amount of that. And he's, he's also, Joe will talk, talk about a group that he, that he's part of and so on. These See, I don't look at form like it would be nice to be an Oprah. It would be a really great thing for us to be, but it's probably not going to happen. You know, and, and, and she's she's kind of way behind me. You know, I mean, she's so far behind me. It's 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 hard for her to and and gee, he's not a millionaire, so why do I want him on my show? 
but then we have another 3P person who has been on her show and, and so on and fits, you know, the mold that she's looking for type of thing. All, all I can do is share to the best of my ability and let God open up the opportunities. It would be nice if somebody outside heard and carried us. And all we need is one person to take us into a very big organization and we will create create that. And I have tons of experience and stuff. But but the reality is the group started organically and is growing organically. And I have taken off my images of what it's going now. I would like it to go, and I really hoped it would go out. But I'll be honest with you. It has not expanded. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's had its reaches. But, it, but I, my job is to teach each of the people. There's five of us now, five others. And it's a closed group only by it. so i'm not looking for a big group of people i'm not looking for that type of thing but my job is to make those five people as strong as possible and they will go out and share it and that's the way one of the ways it will go out if if somebody here who has influence hears it and and uh, and then says gee i got i got touched or i changed my life or I dropped all my suffering, and then I wanted you to talk in this organization. That would be great. I would, and we would bring more than Joe on and all that type of stuff. But the world has to open up to it. I, I can't, I can't tell people what to think. You're wrong, but if you want to believe in being wrong, I can't help you with that. And I'm not always right. You know, I'll be honest, I'm not always right. So that's how I answer that question. It's a good question you ask. But really, you know, I'm, how do you see that, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I am starting a group with some friends. I mean, one was a free principles trained practitioner as well. I'm helping people who have been through the psychiatric system. So once we've got up and running, then we have this group come and do Zoom talks as well. Um, and also looking to eventually invite other mental health professionals and get other mental health organizations together because it's quite fragmented at the moment so it's a start because there's just not much available at the moment and um, also started some training to volunteer helping refugees and Windrush generation tell their stories so that's another thing I'm getting into um, making more connections with people so yeah so um, just getting there a little bit a little slowly at the moment and seeing how it Close. Yeah, and so we have Mark is is a genius in 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 uh, quantum physics, and so he has a really big job now working mm -hmm. uh, for for a large. He, he supports a huge organization in in that field, and he really enjoys that, along with his development as a spiritual being. So he's financially very successful now. And very solid, he and and so on. We have Nikki, who 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 is a, works in in the, with the three principles in a sort of a crisis center. She's 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 sharing in her way. We have uh, another one, another Heidi is a, a, a lead nurse in a, in an organized in a hospital scenario. 
and she's sharing in her way and and Angela's an artist and, and so on she's sharing in her way so so this the 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 idea is I cannot control it I thought for what we put out a trailer and a three a five minute trailer on different sharings and and when we did all these talks but but the reality the reality is that the, the truth is not well received out there in the world and within that it it contra it contradicts a lot of what people believe and we will help where life allows us to help i'm not into being stressed out <laughs> or caught up in some kind of bogus image of what's supposed to be happening this group has evolved organically it didn't wasn't supposed to start but it started it started organically and, and I, everyone has come because i've asked them to come they've all grown everybody's touched by it uh i've grown and i would like it to be bigger and have more impact but the reality of it is like today who learned the most at this talk well it turns out that zenith harry and joe learned the most from this talk is that good yeah it's good and we shared with a person we didn't know who has had a a deep spiritual experience and is interested in what we had to talk about when you go from here you will share on a higher level of what you have learned here that's obvious that's the teaching that's the mystical nature of, of spirit it goes and helps see god designs and yeah, I would like it to be successful, but I'm already more successful than I ever imagined I would be. So it's hard to be ungrateful. For it. You know, it's, uh, you know, to be honest, I'm just kind of, you know, at my age, you're supposed, you're supposed to be retiring and I'm just warming up and stuff happening. But it, it just, you know, when we did the addiction shows, it exploded because it's a big area that people are really in and we were different and new and stuff like that in the 3d world as well but when i did tahi it was much slower it just and this looked like we were going somewhere and we did go there and then we landed here and we're here to share and all i can tell you is that the three principles as uncovered by sydney banks will alleviate all suffering that's all i can tell you all no matter what and i'm proof of it because i'm teaching in all the areas i'm unqualified for and i'm a leading expert how do i know i'm a leading expert i just have to look at my results that's all you can talk all you want about your your degrees and and what you've studied where's your results and the truth is there aren't many there's a lot of coping, a lot of strategy, a lot of intellectual uh, talk about where what healing is, but where where's the results? Look at Joe. Who can deny that I know what I'm talking about? Look at him. I mean, no offense, Joe, but 
they're pretty impressive. You know, and, I, and I'm not saying it to, to please his ego. I'm just saying it's obvious. He knows what he's talking about. And what's really great, people, sometimes he knows more what he's talking about than I do. Do I like that? Yeah. Did I like it earlier in my career? No, it made me insecure. You have to go with it. I don't know what Joe's going to achieve. He's just beginning. He might, he'll probably achieve more than I ever did. Well, that would be a nice legacy to leave behind, to be honest. You know, it would be my dream that Joe shares more with the world than I do and helps more people. And his heart is good. And people, as long as you care, you're spiritual. When you lose your caring for yourself or for other people, you're material. You've separated from God. And every time you separate from God, you have to pay the price. And God is not doing it because he's mean. He's doing it because he has to put a stick of dynamite up your bum and blow it up so that you wake up. That's why he's doing it. And it will lead you to have compassion for people in Ukraine or compassion for people going through physical or mental stuff. And do I have total compassion? No. I wish I had more compassion, but I, but I can tell you honestly, Zenith, I have more compassion today than I had five years ago. I can say that honestly and, you know, and type of stuff. And I use the way, be yourself. You know, as you notice, I use a lot of humor in, in what I'm sharing. Other people don't, but I get a client and they're uptight. I tell a bad joke and they laugh, it's the healing. They're not yeah. going to go back to be serious because it's such a stupid joke. They have to laugh at it. And they laugh at it and then they, they think, oh shit, I can't be serious. My yeah. wife had a, I was a subcontractor and this, for this very successful, this high powered Israeli businessman, like Donald Trump type of guy really maneuvered people and really threw a lot of fear and he needed me for to do something and I, and i and he says i don't think you'll work with us here you're too soft and this stuff you know and uh but he noticed that the, that all the clients really loved me and it worked and i taught them what they needed to know and stuff and so every time we would practice his mind so that when he came in he wouldn't laugh and he would be serious because as long as he was serious, he could keep the fear going. And he, and he, and he, okay, Harry, come on in. And I'd come in and in 30 seconds he'd laugh and he'd go, oh shit, you know. But that's the way it works, people. Laugh a little bit at yourself. You're, you're, you're the funniest person in the world, but not as funny as Zenith is. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Humor is, and, and I, I laugh quite a lot at myself. I laugh in these interviews, um, and I, I'm very self-depreciating. I, I don't take myself serious. I don't think I'm any expert in anything. I just do what I do and share what I can and laugh at myself. And one of, um, one, of, one of the great experiences that I had when I was kind of not too long into my journey, and I was thinking, you know, 
it was actually in the shower at the time and i was thinking you know all this spiritual stuff it's really really important and really serious and wow you know i'm thinking that i had to be really serious and that voice came to me and said sit down sit down in the shower right okay so i sat down in the shower sat there for a minute okay now what and this line came to me and it was um, out of them recent movies batman movies uh, spoken by the character of the joker and he said why so serious and that's what that voice said to me and i went what and immediately when i heard it and after i said what i realized what exactly it meant stop taking this so seriously it is meant to be lighthearted. your life is meant to be lighthearted. it should be a breeze and from then on i've tried my best like you i'm not perfect but i'm working on it i've tried to take things less serious i've tried to inject humor i've laughed at my own mistakes tripped up mispronouncing things so you're absolutely right humor is so so important in this line of work yeah. absolutely right you know what I think we should do? Just we should do another show, and I'll bring someone on besides Joe. I'll bring on one or two of the, the ladies, and we and you'll see a whole different flavor coming from them and stuff. I I think that would be an enjoyable thing to do with you. Uh, I love that. I, I like sharing with you because you know you you've got your you you're talking the same thing, you know, and we're adding thought to it. That's all really. You're you're re really. Uh, I think Joe, that would be a good idea, don't you think? Yeah, great idea. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Okay, just go through Joe. He'll set up the uh, times, and we meet every Wednesday. So, uh, uh, what's today? Today is Friday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I just got back from holiday a little while ago. I'm still mushy up here. Uh, oh, it's Friday. Yeah. So. Uh, you, You'll set up. We'll talk. I'll talk on 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 Wednesday about with the ladies about this. I'd like to. I'm doing it for two. One, I want to get. I've asked them if they want to talk. Joe definitely loves doing this and stuff, and I do too. But uh, they did say they would like to do it, and it'll be good experience for them, especially with someone like yourself. And you'll see a whole different conversation, a whole different flavor, and a whole different thing. And and uh, just work, arrange it with Joe, and Joe will 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 talk to the ladies on Wednesday. Mm. Absolutely, I'd love to do that. I would love to do that. Yeah, I'll I'll contact you, Joe, and we'll get it done. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So yeah. just 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 before we go here, is there is there one sort of key um, teaching that you can give? Is there something that you could sum up in a sentence? Is there one thought that you could give to anyone watching this? Go ahead. Joe. And I'll do one. I don't know what I'm going to say, but go ahead. Yeah, when you believe others' rubbish, you're going to end up in the sinking mud. But if you believe yourself and trust your own inner wisdom, then you're going to find that tunnel of light. Beautiful. And the answer is the tunnel of love, that you have an unlimited amount. And I always say one thing to everybody. You can't have too much love. Get more. Get more love it's 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 the way you're a feeling human being love yourself love the universe but love god 
love the spirit love the unlimited potential that makes you the genius that you are that that that's beautiful beautiful sentiments from both of you and i think i can quite safely say and quite happily say that i love both of you um you're beautiful fantastic people the work that you're doing is vitally important and i will be doing my utmost to to share this with as many people as i possibly can and talk about it um it has been a real pleasure a real honor having both of you on i've learned a lot and i'm absolutely looking forward to our next conversation so i'm not going to say goodbye i'm going to say um until later if not i feel we're lucky enough to be together again <laughs> absolutely i'm sure we will okay. thank we'll you very again. much Thank you very much for your time, and I'll see you again soon. All right, thank you. All the best. Bye.